Welcome travellers. You uh, join me in the Calmac Ferry Car Park at Tarbert, the capital village of the Isle of Harris and the Outer Hebrides. I am fresh off the ferry from Skye and despite wearing this selection of industrial standard waterproofing equipment, okay. absolutely soaked. There's water coming through the seams of my jacket here, my trousers are clinging to my legs like a bolted hooker. And to be honest, I'm more miserable than Mohammed at an all-you-can-eat pork buffet. To my right is regret that I didn't stay at Leicester Forest East service station. To my left is the Harris Tweed experience. To my behind is nothing because I lack eyes in the back of my head. Bloody hell, obviously. Hello, I'm Barry Patterson and welcome to the Barry Patterson Tour of Britain. This is the show where I travel the height and width of the country, from the island of Wick to the tin mines of Wales, fingering the pulse of a nation on the brink of Brexit. I'll be asking the big questions. Where have we come from? Where are we going? Where are the nearest toilets? Who are we? Why are we? When are we? I'm Barry, Barry Patterson. Join me, follow me, Instagram me photos of your memories as we explore this historic land. It's the Barry Patterson Tour of Britain. Give your child the very best of Scottish education by removing them from every Scottish person and sending them to the sacred haven of Englishness that is Tiff Toffee College, Perthshire. Founded in 1335 by monk Ethelbard II, Tiff Toffee College specialises in the buggery of boys from 13 to 18. There's nothing more natural than boys being isolated from their parents, their wider family and the opposite sex for the most formative part of their lives to live a life of unparalleled misery in Perthshire's deepest woodland. It's a formula that has produced generations of leaders in every field, from government to sex offending. Tiff Toffee College Perthshire is proud to sponsor the Barry Patterson Tour of Britain podcast. To get under the prickly, rough, tartan skin of this place, you have to understand one thing, and that's tweed. That's why I'm starting this episode at the Harris Tweed Experience, 79 square feet of unadulterated Tweedy majesty. With me, I'm pleased to say, is Morag McClatchy, the owner of the shop and museum, a lady who is completely mute. Morning, Morag. Not a thing. I've taken the liberty of reinterpreting the museum's tedious display for your audio pleasure. Morag, of course, can physically try and stop me, but uh, you won't hear a peep from this Gallic wench. Isn't that right, Morag? <laughs> Amazing. She's not even trying. Before the dawn of Primark's delivery service, islanders had to make their own clothes. In this remote land, if you didn't want to wear the skin of a neighbour, you'd have to butcher one of your sheep. Slaying one of your sheep was a huge deal, akin to murdering your granddad today 
so islanders had to make it worth it. They'd extract the full value from the animal, selling off the most exquisite parts. The face for stews, the cloven hooves for magic wands, and the scrotum for rucksacks and bum bags. The scratchy poo-stained wool was left, i.e. the perfect material for clothing. The process of preparing the wool was a lengthy one. Groups of women and a couple of guys dressed up as women would apply similar principles to those used in parenting in that they would rhythmically thump the material to shrink and soften it whilst wailing indescribably rude Gallic hexes. Towards the end of the process, Mrs Harris, a ceremonial title for the lady with the biggest bladder on the island, would urinate on the pummeled wool and the group leader would shout, Harris Weed! In... In 1840, prominent Victorians Lord and Lady Dunmore visited the Outer Hebrides and took an interest in the Harris weed. They renamed it Tweed to make it more palatable for the mainland market, and Harris Tweed became an export success. This was especially so with the Victorian elderly, who could now blame any lingering whiff of urine on their fashionable Tweedy knickers rather than admit to their incontinence. Today, Although all tweed is now manufactured by tiny, skillful hands in the Harris province of Guangzhou in China, the tweed legend remains a huge draw for literally fives of tourists. It's only right, therefore, that as a mark of respect to continue my journey, I ditch my modern Gore-Tex waterproofing for a full set of all-weather action tweed. <laughs> Legend of the Hebrides. The Western Isles of Scotland have long been a place of myth and legend. A chain of land separated from the highlands by the sea monster mother of the Christmas hating Grinch, the Minch. His sister, the Little Minch, and his distant relation, the Sea of the Hebrides. Whilst the Minch and Little Minch were relatively harmless, dragging English sailors to their deaths only once or twice a week, the Hebrides were the most terrifying creatures known to the seafaring seafarers, for they hated mainland Scottish people too. As stated by reliable Gallic runes, the Hebrides were outwardly fearsome, but inwardly very conflicted and sensitive Nordic men, with a penchant for white lacy dresses. Worried that their way of life would be ruined by mainlanders, they launched a campaign of fear with ironic memes and sarcastic tweets. They prepared the islands for war, erecting great stone circles so that, despite the flat landscape, they would have some rocks to hide behind. But as time passed, the mainlanders got the message. The islanders were weird, there was nothing of value, and it was best to leave them alone. Every place I visit has different strengths. London is built for business and tourists, Cornwall for holidays, the Outer Hebrides excel at loneliness and misery. This evening, I've travelled north from Tarba to cross some stunningly barren landscape to a traditional crofter's house on the island of Lewis. Although usually home to white people, these places are called black houses. The building over there appears almost buried in the ground. It consists of a deep, low, handmade stone wall 
with a couple of small windows on either side of a central door. Then there's, there's a ledge and from the inner surface of the walls is a, is a neat thatched roof. This one even has its original satellite dish. Stunning. I'm now walking over to the building itself towards the central door, taking care as I go not to startle the neighbours. I jest. I'm as alone as a childless widow waiting for death. Hello, sir. I've travelled from London. I'm afraid. Let's give this a try. Hello? My goodness. This place reminds me so much of my childhood home in that it's dank and loveless. My mother, or Brian as I called her, would have liked it very much in here. The oppressive spiritual darkness would have suited her pagan womb. Uh, my goodness, not a single Christ or Mary on the walls. And even, even the rug on the floor reeks of the rejection of mainstream Western religious tradition. Oh, my goodness. Up at this end of the large single room, there are pens for livestock. I've read that it was not uncommon for families in these parts to share their homes with their animals. In 1994, though, it all changed when the pissed off animals unanimously voted to go and stay in the Premier Inn down the road in Stornoway. I can see why. This place is a complete sty. I'm not sure I can stay here either. From peasant shooting... Good shot, Hugo. To chaff baiting. Get out from that voxel quarter, you scally knots. There are a wide range of extracurricular activities at Tiff Toffee College, Perthshire. Why risk sending your beloved child to a state school where at best they could be involved in football or kick rugger and at worst, a lifetime of heroin addiction? Tiff Toffee College offer the full complement of field sports and top-level recreational drugs. Tiff Toffee College Perthshire is proud to sponsor the Barry Patterson Tour of Britain podcast. I've left Lewis now and arrived after really quite a treacherous swim on South Uist. There were points when I was worried that my Harris Tweed wasn't the perfect swimwear, but rest assured, that trusty Tweed, once it had absorbed the waters of the Minch, the Little Minch, and the Sea of the Hebrides, gave off a smell so foul that it actually repelled the seawater, giving me the buoyancy of a large-breasted elderly woman at Aqua Aerobics. South Uist is about the 48th smallest second-largest inhabited island of the Outer Hebrides. I've come to South Uist to experience the unique Mache, 
or maca, a Gaelic word for the fertile grasslands that line the western shores of the Outer Hebrides. The plains are home not only to an amazingly diverse range of plant life, but support a veritable buffet of bird life too. That's a deliciously rare great reed warbler. Mm. <laughs> make that a breeding pair. Their meaty wings mm, make an absolutely exquisite starter. But don't just take my word for it. The Macca's natural larder has attracted Master Chef Douglas Lang to set up a restaurant on the Uists. And he's been kind enough to invite me to try a variety of their Macca's rarest wildlife. Douglas's CV reads like a who's who of culinary excellence. He's been a cleaner in not one but two of Glasgow's largest Weatherspoons. He spent some time training in France at the Calais Carrefour Supermarché and prior to this latest project he works as a catering assistant at the Stony Bridge Primary School in South Uist a job that required him to deliver relentlessly high-quality school dinners to the institution's discerning eight pupils. The closure of the school in 2010 would have crippled a weaker man, but Douglas did what Douglas always does, and he went to the Macca to dream. I've been massively successful, he wrote in his 2019 autobiography, Losing My Virginity, published last year. And I'm not going to argue with that. At the edge of the Macca is his new Very Flash concept restaurant, a converted Eldest Buccaneer caravan. Whilst the Scotsman newspaper unkindly described the caravan as having all the charm of a commercial bin, the food is simply pre-bin in quality. The boiled black-billed cuckoo is the top-selling main for Douglas. There's an honesty in the way he dunks the still flapping creature beneath the boiling water that combines with the rarity of the bird to create a taste experience that is just quite unlike anything I've ever tasted before. For dessert, his bestseller is the seal pup pavlova. Again, a refreshingly honest dish of dead seal pup with squirty cream on its face. Some may question the longevity of his business plan, but as he told me, as long as there are puffins to strangle, there'll be food on the table. Is Charlie too stupid to pass his exams? Oh, bloody hell. Can Henry remember which way round to hold that book? Oh, no. This is totally beyond me. At Tiff Toffee College, Perthshire, we allow students an exclusive, strictly illegal, pre-test viewing of the exam papers, meaning that nearly 60% of our thickest pupils can reach for the stars and sail through with a borderline pass good enough to get them to any middling Russell Group University. Tiff Toffee College, Perthshire, is proud to sponsor the Barry Patterson Tour of Britain podcast. I've just got past Moira, the anti-terrorism agent at Bembecula Airport. It's been a fleeting but unforgettable trip to this remote part of the British Isles, and I know I won't be back. Next time, like a mole in pursuit of a shrew, I'm hunting down royalty on Anglesey. Like the excellent but elusive climbing Pine Martin, I'm scaling a relatively high peak in Snowdonia, and like a thieving vixen, I'm rifling through bins in Bedesicoid. Coid.